0: Well, hello and welcome to week three of my sermon series that I've titled Earth, Wind and Fire. And as you know by now, it has nothing to do with the 1970s and 80s rock band, uh, but it has everything to do with the power of the Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost that enabled and empowered the early church to fulfill the Great Commission. And that fire is still, that power is still available to us today. And so the first message I talked about was the earth. The first part of Earth, Wind and Fire was the earth. And God, through His Holy Spirit, was active at work in creation. And His plan was uh, through the first commission that He gave Adam and Eve. His plan was for them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with people who were created just like Him, uh, in His image and likeness. And so the second message we talked about last time was about wind, uh, the ruach, the the presence, the very life-giving presence of God that was there at the beginning and throughout biblical history. And up up until the day of Pentecost, we saw that the Ruach of God, it's also called Numa of God in the the New Testament, but the Ruach of God until the day of Pentecost was with the uh, people of Israel from time to time. And the biggest difference we saw that after the day of Pentecost was that the Holy Spirit was no longer with them, but he was now in them. He no longer an uh, external agent, but an internal reality for the early church. So in the same way that God breathed life into Adam and Eve on the day of Pentecost, God breathed life into his church, into his followers. And so um, being filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost enabled the believers back then to call them to well, enable them to do what God called them to do, which was the Great Commission. That was their assignment. It enabled them to love those that were around them and enabled them to to perform signs and wonders and miracles and see dead raised and sick healed. It enabled them to, to walk in supernatural strength and see God do amazing things. That was the work of the Holy Spirit in the early church. And I believe that that same power is available to us today. And so we've talked about uh, the earth, which was the plan of God. We have talked about the uh, wind, which was the uh, power of God. And this morning we're going to talk about fire, which is the presence of God. Now, there is one more message that I'll, I'll try to pull all this back together again uh, in my next message. But this morning, I want to talk about fire. And fire is a very common theme throughout the Bible. It's used for light, warmth, comfort. It's used for cooking. It's used for making weapons. It's used for um, sterilizing uh, knives. It's used for purifying precious metals. In fact, fire is used for a whole bunch of really practical things. Now, when it came to religion, uh, and God's people in the Old Testament, we see fire is a key element to the sacrificial system. Uh, we find that fire was used to consume the different offerings that the people would bring that bring different offerings for different sins in different times. And so fire was used as a symbol of accepting an offering that was given to God. Uh, the priests were required by their law to keep a fire perpetually burning on the altar. And that fire represented the continual worship of God by the people. So in both the Old and the New Testament, we see fire used extensively and and particularly fire being used most often as a symbol of the, the presence and the power of God. The fire of God came in anger at times. It came in judgment as it consumed people that were against God or nations that were against God. We see that happen In in Sodom and Gomorrah, that that God sent fire from heaven to destroy the city. We also see that happen. It's a time in the book of Exodus where uh, Korah, one of the sons of Israel, was uh, rebelling against God, and God sent fire down to consume them. So it can represent the anger of God in the Old Testament. And there was times when fire, the fire of God, was sent to consume an altar. Sorry, consume a sacrifice on the altar. What I mean by that was. Uh, there's probably three occasions you may know of. One was uh, the time when elijah was uh, was competing with the prophets of Baal and and he uh, he called on fire from heaven, and that fire consumed the altar, proved that the God was God, His God was God. so so fire in the Old Testament can represent the anger of God. And we see also in the Old Testament fire comes down from heaven to uh, consume a sacrifice, and that, That shows that the sacrifice was acceptable to God. Now, Malachi also defines fire as a refiner's fire, purifying silver and gold, removing the impurities, just just taking what is not pure and just at work, the heat of fire, purifying the nature of the precious stone itself. Isaiah, I love this verse, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5 to 7. Isaiah said, it's all over for I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of Heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal, he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips, now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. You see fire and the and the coals here used to indicate a touching of of what God does to cleanse uh, Isaiah from his, his sinfulness. And so fire is always a metaphor of the outworking of God's purposes in many different ways. So uh, we're going to look at some of those this morning. In this message, I'm going to particularly look at the Old Testament's uh, usage of fire, primarily because Luke, who was the author of the, his gospel and the book Acts, that's the imagery that he has as a foundation as he writes about the coming of the Holy Spirit. But also the Old Testament was the framework of the 120 people that were gathered in the upper room. That was their understanding of of the working of God and his spirit. And so we're going to go to the Old Testament and we're going to start looking at the fire of God, looking at the person of Abraham. And Genesis chapter 15 verse 17 says this, when the sun was down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch moved beneath the split carcasses. That sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? So you might be wondering, Mark, what the heck is going on here? Well, the, the context was that Abraham, well, God had just um, appeared to Abraham and given Abraham an incredible promise and imp- a promise that he would bless him and multiply his children, that all the nations of the earth will be blessed and that the land that he's in now would be his inheritance. Now, it would seem that Abraham was not particularly satisfied with just the words of God, the promise of God. And so in uh, the next verse, in 15 verse 8, Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Have you ever wondered some of God's promises? Have you ever read things and, and felt God speak to you through scripture? And then you go, well, God, oh, I'm not too sure about that. Well, Abraham was just like you and, uh, and me. And so, so what God did back then was he initiated a covenant between himself and Abraham. Now, covenants are a little bit like um, contracts. There is terms and conditions applied to a covenant. And so in the ancient Near East, which is where we find Abraham and and Israel being birthed, when covenants were made, they were often accompanied with a symbolic act, which would effectively define the terms of the covenant. covenant. If someone failed to do their part, well, there's going to be a very visual consequence. And so, uh, so one of the common... Rights they used, and you can read it in the verses before. Was they got animals and they chopped them in half, and they laid them along each side of the path. Except the birds, for some reason, they weren't chopped in half. So, so we find a part. We got dead carcasses of animals down the side, and then the two people making a covenant would walk through the the carcasses, and effectively that walking would say, you know what, this contract I'm making with you. I, I'm, I'm going to be. If I fail my part of the contract, effectively invoking invoking a curse on himself that the, whatever happened to these animals will happen to them. Now I know that's pretty macabre, and I know that's pretty weird, and I'm not too sure we do contracts like that anymore. I hope we don't. But but what we see here is that effectively the people are saying if I don't fulfill what I've promised, that I, I, I will face the consequence of that. And so in this story, Abraham actually tell, or God tells Abraham to get the, 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 the animals ready. So Abraham does all the slaughtering and sets them out on the path. And then God appears. That's the verse we first read. Then God himself appears to confirm the covenant. And he appears as what? As a flaming uh, pot and a flaming torch. A fire pot and a flaming torch. God appears as fire. And and we know the fire symbolizes that it's God's presence and His glory. And so, so this is the sealing of the covenant. Now the thing that was amazing about this covenant, which I absolutely love, because normally two people would walk down the center of those animals to confirm the covenant. But in this case, only one being does. And the, it's only God who's participating in making the covenant. So here we find God has already promised Abraham blessing and favor and and, and influence, but then God makes a covenant with himself. He doesn't make a covenant with Abraham. It's actually a covenant with himself that the promise that he gives to Abraham will come to pass. God effectively swears by himself. There's no higher authority that God can make a claim on than himself that his promises toward Abraham and his people will come to pass. How amazing is that? That God uh, understood that Abraham, he wouldn't mess up. And he still had had a responsibility to be loyal to God. And he, he did a whole bunch of things that I don't think would have pleased God. But what we see, this covenant shows us that even though at times we may be disloyal to God, God is never disloyal to us. And God will always uphold his end of the bargain. How good is that? And so that's Abraham. That's where we see the first appearance of God as fire. Let's go to Moses in Exodus chapter three, verse one. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He ha- he led the flock into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Now, what was it that captured Moses's attention? Was it just the fact that the bush was on fire? I mean, Moses had lived in the wilderness for 40 years in the Sinai wilderness, and I'm sure he would have seen other bushes on fire. And and I'm sure he didn't turn. There's nothing significant happened with that. What was it that actually made Moses pay attention? Well, he'll go on to tell us. Well, the fact is that he was. Uh, he would say, "Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go and see it." You see, Moses was captivated by seeing an unquenchable flame. He looked and he saw that bush, and that that is that it, it's not being consumed. And so he turned aside and he must go and see it. And God spoke to him personally from that bush. Now, the word here in the scriptures in verse 2 talks about the angel of the Lord. Now, this is an expression that often comes in the Old Testament that talks about the supernatural activity of God using the elements of nature. So in this case, the angel of the Lord was uh, using fire. There's other times when we find uh Angel of the Lord or messengers of the Lord. That's another angel and ge- the same word for angel and messenger. And so um, God uses fire, wind, earthquakes, floods, droughts, disease. All of these things can be described in the Old Testament and, as messengers of God, as, as angels of God executing God's divine will. Now, so in those cases, we see, well, we, we know that God's present, but we only see the activity of God, which is through the fires and earthquakes, etc. But this case is very different because God himself was in the fire. God himself was inside the bush. And so we find that God, it wasn't just an—and an God, God sending fire to do something. God himself came. And God chose to reveal himself to Moses as an unquenchable fire, a continuous fire. That was God's choice to let Moses know who he was. And so... That's the first account with Moses. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, we read another time of God appearing as fire. Verse 21, The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and He provided light at night with a pillar of what? Fire. This allowed them to travel day or night, and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place from in front of the people. Here again, we find God's presence came personally. The very personal presence of God came as fire. And that showed the nation of Israel, his leading, his guiding, his protecting fire. In Luke chapter, uh, sorry, Exodus chapter 19, verse 18. And so uh, the story is the nation of Israel escaped from Egypt and they went to Mount Sinai. And this is where we find ourselves. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln and the whole mountain shook violently. See, fire again represents God's personal presence and God's earth-shaking power. And here on this mountain, God gives Moses, we know the Ten Commandments, He gives uh, the nation uh, the rules and the guidelines for living life in relationship with God but they, God also gives Moses the blueprints for the tabernacle uh, that Moses was to build. The tabernacle would be God's dwelling place it would be uh, it'd be an elaborate tent with uh, measurements and, and furnishings and ultimately that God himself would presence himself in the tabernacle and so uh, and they would take the tabernacle from place to place as they wandered around the wilderness in Exodus chapter 40 verse 38. We read that the cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day, and at night fire glowed inside the cloud, so the whole family of Israel could see it. They continued throughout the discontinued throughout all their journeys. We see that God presents Himself through fire in the tabernacle in the wilderness. Eventually, Solomon would come and uh, and build a temple, a, a an incredible temple for the Lord and it was one of the greatest wonders of the ancient world. And after all the offerings, as they were about to dedicate the temple, all the enormous amounts of offerings were made uh, to God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1, we read this. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple because temple of the Lord because of the glorious presence of the Lord. And when all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, "He is good; His faithful love endures forever." What an incredible description of a fire from heaven coming and accepting the the sacrifices that were made, We're accepting the people or the and the prayers that Solomon made. But the very the fire of God, the presence of God, His glory filled the place, and people were overwhelmed by not, not just the sight, they were overwhelmed by His goodness and His love. You know, something powerful happens when fire comes from heaven and fills people. And, and this is what happened on the day of Pentecost. And, and I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger because I'm going to talk about that on the next message, I'm going to bring this all together because because it's important to see how earth, wind and fire come together. But today, as we close, we've been talking about fire and we've seen God's presence defined and described through throughout scripture as fire. Through fire, we saw that uh, God showed Abraham that he's a promise keeper through fire we learned that that God made a covenant he made a contract with a contract that he cannot break and that contract is what he has spoken what he has said will come to pass what about you this morning has God made uh, promises to you have you read God's word and you felt the holy spirit quicken on you and said this is a promise that i have to you to bless you to 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 honor you to give you favor and influence to to Help you in the journey that you have. If if you God's giving you and God, the Bible is full of God's precious promise. There's so many promises of God for each of us today. And that what we learn about Abraham and Fire is that God will always fulfill his promise. You can hold on with hope. It may not have come to pass yet. Your children may still be away from God. Your your financial situation may still be uh not where you'd like it to be. Your, your health may be still struggling, but that promise of God gives, gave Abraham hope. And that promise of God that's that coming of fire and covenant reminds you and me that whatever God has said, God will do. That's great. God also called and empowered Moses through fire to set the captives free. God supernaturally appeared through that burning bush and, and it got Moses' attention. And you know what? God didn't speak to Moses until he turned aside. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you're here and maybe you're looking for um, direction for your life or your family or you're making choices for for study or for work or or relationships. I don't know what it is that you're making choices about or decisions that you're making. But can I encourage you that God uh, was able to lead the nation of Israel through fire. But the thing that I want to point out that the only way that Moses could hear from God was that he could step off his ordinary day and come aside with him. When he turned his attention to the fire that was present, turned his attention to the presence of God, then God could speak and then Moses could listen. And then in Moses' case, God gave him a call to go and set his people free. That same call is for us, to set people free. But that call comes through fire, comes through uh, a, a relationship with a God who manifests himself in powerful ways. And lastly, we see that God cleansed Isaiah through fire. God said, Isaiah, your guilt is removed. Your sins are forgiven. How good is that? You know, I want to encourage you, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have, if you have, if you have made him the King and the Lord of your life, the promise is that your, your guilt is removed, your sins are forgiven, and sometimes shame can fill us. And the best thing we can do when we're filled with shame is go to God. And to to remind ourselves that through fire, through the fire of testing that Jesus went through, but through the fire uh, that he can touch us, his holiness has touched us and he's cleansed us. How good is that? And so Elijah refers to God as the God who answers by fire. So in a minute, we're going to pray to God. We're going to pray to the God, as Elijah said, who answers by fire. And we're going to ask, I'm going to ask for his presence to come right now to where you are. Now, I'm not praying for physical fire to come to your house, okay? So we don't need to contact your insurance company. But I'm going to be praying that wherever you are, whatever you're facing, that you will have a real encounter with the presence of God. Because once you, once we can understand that God is there for us and His fire and His power and His wind and His presence is there to us to, to remind us that we're cleansed and He's got promises for us, I tell you what, It can change our lives. A real encounter with God's Spirit. Hebrews tells us, 4 verse 16, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. This morning I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that for each of us that we can find ourselves closer to God. That His very presence will be made real to you. And that in that you can find the grace you need and the help you need for whatever it is that you're facing today and this week. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you revealed yourself in, in ways that, that we can get glimpses of. We, don't, we can never fully understand you, but we can understand that you come as fire. And Lord, through fire, I thank you that you showed us that you are a promise keeper. I thank you that through your presence, Lord, that you will you can lead us and guide us and I thank you Lord for each person listening today. Lord, I pray wherever they're sitting or walking or on the beach or at home or in the car, Lord, I pray that they will be so aware of your presence, a fire that that they can they can feel the warmth, they can feel the radiation of you that will bring them warmth and comfort and peace. Lord, your fire that can remind them they're cleansed and made whole. And Lord, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are here that you are available and that you are uh, accessible to us, and you call us to you. And so, Lord, I just, I just declare this week will be a week of just a great awareness of your fire, your presence that will consume us, and that we would be a people who are like a city on a hill, uh, that we will be seen by others to glorify you. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for your time. In my next message, I'm going to bring all these themes together as we talk about uh, the Holy Spirit and earth, wind and fire. God bless.